Flood Brothers Podcast, a Five Pillars of Mad Monarch production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers, sisters, friends, and new foes out there. Welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast with your host, Didi Hussain, and my co host. Aki Hussain, assalamu alaikum wa Now, today's podcast is a very unique, a very special podcast. Uh, today's guest is someone who's very dear to me, someone who's very dear to Aki, someone who's very dear to our family, someone who I've known since childhood, and perhaps without throwing dirt on the guest's face, one of the most inspirational individuals that I know today. And, and the reason why he his story is so inspirational is the reason why he's on today's podcast. And that's my childhood friend, Imraz Akhtar, a.k.a. Babs. Assalamu alaikum. alaikum. Assalamu How are you doing, brothers? I'm good. Yeah, good, alhamdulillah. You sound a bit bunged up. I am, I am. Been here all week. Zakhla for coming on. Yeah, you came through on the podcast, bro. Appreciate it. No I'm, problem. I'm a bit mangled as well, so it uh, makes two of us. And we skipped gym today. Of course. So for those of you who don't know, Babs is also my gym partner. And uh, we, can, we can touch upon our progress later on in the podcast. Uh, Imraz, basically, um, I'm going to interchange between Imraz and Babs, yeah, depending on, on the nature of uh, the, the conversation. Uh, what brings that on? I don't know. Sometimes I call him Imraz when you're talking about more serious stuff. Okay. I mean, it's more just on a, on a level chat. It's just Babs. Is that, is that how it is? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is that's exactly what it is. But it's oh, more no. serious, like Imraz, and then it's, when it's like just on the level, it's just Babs. Okay. Uh, and Uncle Babs, um, I apologize as well. Not Uncle Babs is actually your name, but yeah. if you haven't, if you don't already know this, Imraz is all his little Babs, and you are, of course, big Babs. Um, Imraz, look, bro, I know today's podcast uh, may be somewhat difficult for you uh, because the bulk of it will be addressing uh, an episode in your life uh, which had massive impact on you, mm-hmm. on your deen and the person that you are today. And that was the death of your dear son, my dear nephew, Akif, who passed away last June, right? Yes. Um, but before I go into that and how it affected your life, I want to touch upon the life we lived perhaps before uh, turning to the deen. Less so about me, mm-hmm. more so about you. Um, so look, you know, I know that you never had a crisis in faith. For example, you never identified yourself as an atheist or, 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 or you had like major problems with Islam. It was more to do with certain lifestyles and habits, yes? Yes, yes. And would you say that those lifestyles and those habits were there post-marriage, even after Akif was born? Yeah. And... How at the at so Akif was had a, had a condition, right? What was his condition? What, what was the illness? It was a Hirschsprung's disease. What is that? Uh, basically, it's a part of the intestines that didn't form the right nerves. So when it comes to digesting food, uh, it couldn't pass through the final stages. And was that from day one? Uh, yeah, obviously he was born. Um, they didn't realize he come he was discharged on the same day actually we we come back home and we realized uh, you know that overnight you know he hadn't he hadn't passed anything so we were waiting for that to happen obviously mm. as you do mm. um it come to the next day where he still hasn't passed and his stomach had started to bloat a lot mm. And uh, that's when alarm bells started ringing. We started thinking, right, something's seriously not right here. Obviously, um, being parents, me and my wife, we've got 
very worried. So we, we started ringing up the hospital and, you know, explaining to them the situation. Uh, they just said, look, just don't worry. Give it, give it, give it another 24 hours. You know, uh, hopefully it should be all right. Then, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't settle at all. He, he was just completely crying, crying, crying. And then it come to, uh, a family friend. Um, his mother came round and she's seen him and, Straight away, she, you know what, she said that, look, this is not right. You guys, you just, what are you waiting for? You need to go. Go to the hospital and, and check it out. See what's, what, see what's wrong. You know what I mean? Mm. You need to definitely get this checked out. Yeah. So we went down to the hospital, took them a few hours. Um, finally, they decided, you know what, something is seriously wrong here. They called an ambulance in from Cambridge, uh, Adam Brooks Hospital. Mm. And then we were sent over there straight away. I think the same... The same day they operated, and uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, he he was he was uh, doing a lot better. They obviously had to put on a uh, colostomy bag mm. on him, which uh, where he was passing from uh, through this bag. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, that, so, uh, so that was a condition that you. What was what was uh, Arkif's exact age when he passed last June? He was uh, he was a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. So, and from what I recall, you both have the same date of birth, right? We do, yeah. Okay, so eighth uh, of October. Eighth of October. Yeah, he was born early. He was born early mm. and uh, fell on my birthday. Yeah. As you know, we were we had plans yeah, yeah. on that day. Yeah, we did. We had, we had to cancel. Just actually, do you celebrate birthdays? No, no, we we, we just. <laughs> We had, we had plans, you know. I, I celebrate birthdays. I just thought I let the people know. Yeah, so yeah. You say we're a mixed bag. Yeah. That's a bit that, bro. Huh? I'm only joking. Well, I'm not, but we'll talk about it another time. Exactly. I'm joking. Celebrate his birthday in a mad one. I don't. But look, so that's a condition that you and your wife mm. had to obviously endure for a year and a half. A year and a half, yeah. Um, but, you know, without shying away from the camera, mm-hmm. you weren't practicing during the most of that period, did you? No. But so so so, how did you deal with Arkif's condition whilst being a non-practicing Muslim, identifying as a Muslim, but whilst still having certain habits and maybe not living the lifestyle that we both once did in a previous life, mm-hmm. but still involved in certain habits? Yeah. How did how did you deal with how did you deal with it? Did you even deal with it? Well, obviously, uh, we just went by uh, you know as usual, really, just. Uh, Obviously, um, a lot of it fall, fell down to my wife, you know, mm. who, was, who was his main carer, you know. Mm. She, she done most of the work, you know. And uh, when, you're, when you're not practicing and you're, you're just in a different world, ain't you, really? You just, you're not thinking, you're not taking life seriously. So, you know, him having that condition, him being like that, I never really took it, you know, too serious. You know, I always thought, you know what? We're here in Britain. These doctors, they can do anything. They've sorted him out. You He'll know. get better. He'll get better, inshallah. Yeah, as as they always said, you know, that they would reverse this condition and, you know, hopefully he, he won't have a bag anymore and he'll be okay. So let me ask you something. So, you know, during that kind of a year and a half build up to him passing, um, did you ever make dua to Allah for his shifa and for his recovery? But did you ever question yourself that, I'm making dua, but at the same time, man, I'm praying, man, I'm on the deen. Will Allah listen to my duas? Did you ever wonder about these things? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good question. Um, thinking back, you know, 
I must have made dua, but you know, it wasn't in a in a sense where I I've you know made it continuously. You know, probably when when it first happened, yeah. But then you know, as things got a little bit better, you know, you tend to forget and you just uh, start living life as as you were. You know. Mm-hmm. Let me let me go. Let me now move forward with those unfortunate and and crucial days to the build up to Akif passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I got a phone call either from you or your dad, and Akif had been taken into hospital. Just tell me what happened that day that you took him to A and E. What happened? So you're talking about the the day or two before he passed. Okay. Well, basically, um, he come come down with a fever overnight. So you know he's got temperature and he's not feeling too good. Um, so this was about uh, this was the middle of the night, uh, just just before going to bed. So he's he's shivering. He's not feeling good. Uh, so you know, just uh, we kept him in bed with us, um, trying to you know comfort him. Mm. Obviously, overnight he's uh, he wasn't too good. He wasn't sleeping well, but he, he eventually went to sleep. And when it come to the morning, you could see that you know what he's deteriorated. He's not he's not he's not himself. This is uh, more than just a fever. This is something else. So straight away we got into the car and uh, instead of going to Bedford, I've had obviously a lot of. Uh, mishaps with Bedford Hospital and yeah it's not the greatest it's not the greatest so obviously local hospital wasn't the best place and he's been dealt with by people in Cambridge so we decided to drive straight to Cambridge Um, as we got towards Cambridge um, you know we could see that he he's deteriorating you know he's uh, he's not looking good at all he's shivering more and more um, he. He told me his face color changed. His face color changed. He started getting very pale. Yeah. Um. This is when I was getting very scared. Now oh. and uh, just before we got there, he he uh released a lot of uh, feces. You know, he he went and I was like, whoa, this is a, a large amount. And by the by the way, this time he he had. Uh, his operation had been reversed, so he was no longer wearing this bag. Yeah, because he had an operation not too long before that, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was a successful operation. That's right. Yeah, so he his condition had been reversed, and he was back to would say like a normal yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, when he did this, it was just like such a large amount that it was everywhere on his car seat and everything mm. so we were like you know what this is not a good sign let's just as soon as we got to the hospital quickly rushed him out and when i picked him up he he had basically just lost consciousness he was just like basically uh very not responsive yeah not responsive and very weak dead weight mm. yeah basically yeah and so we rushed him in. Uh, as soon as we got to see the doctors, you know, they they just had a few looks at him and they said, "Come in straight away." They took him into the A and E. Within within five or ten minutes, the whole room was full of doctors. I mean, fifteen twenty mm-hmm. of them have rushed in the room, and then they just started prepping and needles and. And it was just like surreal. Like, it was just like, well, what's going on here? And they straight away just ripped his clothes off and they started drilling into his knees and putting things in him. And that was it. That, they were putting adrenaline and stuff into him, weren't they? Yeah. 
<coughs> so I, I remember <coughs> me and uh, <coughs> me and Nas, another friend of ours, we came and saw you. Uh, it was a very early morning. Um, I think it may have been a day, a day and a half before he passed, and in Addenbrooke's, and um, you were there, mm. and I recall you were very distraught. Yeah. Um, you weren't really articulating exactly what you were feeling, mm. but I remember before I left, you said to me very clearly, "Dilly, I just want him." To be well, I don't want him to die. I don't want him. To, I don't want to lose him. Do you remember you saying that to me before we hugged, we parted? Yeah. So, again, just I, I know there's no words that can describe those exact feelings, mm. but you were you you were naturally scared and, and fearful, right? I was. I was. And it was Ramadan as well. It was. It was. So naturally, you know. You turn to Allah, I'm assuming, yes, of course. Yes. Uh, but that feeling of loss, or or, or that feeling of potential loss, mm-hmm. right? Um, how did you deal with it in in those moments building up to him passing? Well, to tell you the truth, I was. It was there in my mind, thinking, you know, uh, this could potentially be it, you know, for him. But yeah. I didn't want to believe in that, you, you know. You were still hopeful. Yeah, I was very hopeful. I was thinking. Nah, it's not going to come to that. You know, he's going to get through this. You know, that was me thinking positive, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that throughout. Yeah. And all the way up until the point when the doctors said to me, uh, literally, that, do you know what? Uh, there's nothing more we can do. Uh, we put him on a dialysis machine. You know, uh, his organs are failing. Um you know, he's, he's got no, uh, the blood's not flowing through his legs. We might have to amputate his legs. That's when I started really getting that feeling where, what, what what's going on here? Hmm. You know, then now I'm getting, now I'm getting really, really scared. Like, is this actually happening? You know, is hmm. this, am I going to go through this? Hmm. You know, so... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to let it get to that stage. But I, at, at the beginning, I was thinking, you know what? We're in a good place. We're in a good hospital. They've always treated him well, and they've and you know what? He's he's always come out fine. Mm. So I I didn't let myself believe that you know what he could actually be taken away. You know. <sighs> and then of course, uh, not too long after uh, them giving you that news of amputation. Mm-hmm. And that they're going on dialysis, and then obviously the, con- the I, I believe the cause of the death. I remember seeing the death certificate myself. The cause of death was sepsis, was sepsis, it? Sepsis, that's right. Um, and when that unfortunate news broke, we were there in the hospital. All of us were there together, and um, I can tell you something, bro. Um, and I said this to you off camera as well. We've never had anyone like our family. We've never had anyone close to us pass away, where. Obviously, Nana passed away, but he was in Bangladesh. Mm. We had a granddad who passed away a couple of years ago. But in terms of someone so close, friend or family, and then having the exposure to the to the dead body, we've never had that, I don't think. Mm. So for me, bro, for me and for some of our friends, our close network of friends, seeing you in that way uh, was very difficult for us. Uh, and, and even we were thinking, or I was thinking at least, how is Babs going to deal with this? Because at the time, you weren't on the theme, bro. Uh, so I was thinking to myself, how is he going to overcome this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when that news came, unfortunately, you know, 
your son passed. May Allah grant his soul the best. Uh, may you be reunited with him in paradise. I mean, mm-hmm. when that news came, obviously, I remember you telling me everything just happened in a snapshot, isn't it? Indeed, yes. He passed away, uh, death certificate, uh, we brought his body back to Bedford, and then before you know it, the next day we buried him. Yeah. yeah? And you made the dua uh, over Akif, didn't you? Yeah. And, and you were very emotional as well, wasn't it? Of course. And, and could you explain to me, Zui, because obviously I spoke to Zui afterwards, um, and there was a reason why you felt quite, we all felt like it was something, it affected us all, bro. Because I know as a father, something that, you know, you mourned and it's something that we can never ever feel or describe. But just like your immediate friends, mm. and we know we felt it, and you felt it. Mm. And I think it was, and there were many glad tidings that you gave during the, the dua, do you remember? His son, in his final breaths, he took over. How old was Ibrahim? Ibn Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was like the age of Akif. A year and a half. How amazing, right? And the Prophet ﷺ, remember Rasulullah was tested with this such tragic, difficult test that only a father will know and a mother will feel. And he looked at his son Ibrahim and he said, if it wasn't for the will of Allah, then I could help you. But because of the will of Allah, no one can stop this, what's about to happen. And this should give us great pleasure that this happened because Allah willed it. And Allah only wills good for the believers. And he cried until his beard was wet. So Allah cried. He was the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He cried as well at this loss. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, obviously nothing's going to compare to the feeling that a father or a parent feels when, you know, if and when they lose. Uh, like a child or their, their child but you know obviously growing up knowing each other living together living close by family friends these kind of things and just the circumstances isn't it? The, you know when death is one of those things Muslim or non-Muslim people recognise that it's inevitable right but when you're Muslim you recognise it more so because you, you welcome the idea of death because you know as Muslims we have this strong idea and concept of not getting too comfortable with life because of the inevitability of death, mm-hmm. you know, and the finality of life and how the next life is life. But you can never prepare yourself for what always feels like um, a life being taken too soon. And obviously we know that, you know, when, when, when anyone passes away, that was their, that was their allotted time. Allah decreed for that was the moment for them to live. They couldn't have lived longer. And they and they couldn't have been taken sooner. That's when Allah wanted it. But it, but the the fact remains that as human beings, you know, we we know that's what we always say. Oh, young. You know, if someone passed away at 30, 40, young, young. Mm. Also, half. Also, parents never foresee outliving their par- children, isn't it? It's, it's like, I don't know. I'll ask him, Raz. You know, of, of course not. You know, you, ha- you have these amazing plans, don't you? You know, you, you know, you plan and. But there were certain glad tidings that you gave of course, from yeah. the Quran and Sunnah that, that, that you yeah, gave. Yeah, so, um, so after the burial, um, you know, I gave a khutbah and, and to the people that were there. And at, at those moments, we, we need, everyone needs, but, but even more so the relatives and of course the parents. They, you know, they need 
some inspiration, some positivity because, you know, we believe deep in our hearts that what Allah decrees for us is only ever good. Allah doesn't wish bad for believers. Allah wishes good for believers, always, unconditionally. Um, there's lessons, uh, for, for regardless of what the test is, how great the test is, with this being the greatest of tests, right? Having it, uh, you know, losing your child, your baby. Um, and, you know, and, and the thing I wanted to draw, draw upon the most in the khutbah was that, you know, Babs had a test that only the most special people in the, ever since the creation of mankind have experienced. And that is prophets. It's very specifically prophets. Not great, not just great men or companions, specifically Anbiya alayhum salam. A very, very specific test. You know, um, do you know anyone who's been swallowed by a big fish? No. No, except that that's not going to happen. Yunus. Yunus, so that's not going to happen. And if it does, the unlikely survive, we're not going to see them. But the Prophet ﷺ had this test. Suleiman had this test. Ayub had a test like this as well. And of a different variation, uh, Nuh also had something similar, uh, except the circumstances were different in that his son didn't believe. But the point is that the, the, the greatest of men have been tested with, you know, the greatest of tests. And, you know, what more inspiration can you draw upon <coughs> or, hope, or hope to draw upon than that the Prophet Sallallahu you know, when he held his son Qasim and whose body had passed and he was weeping, <coughs> cried. So we cry. You know, the Prophet Sallallahu he cried. Yeah. So we cry, we be like him. He cries. So this is the Prophet he displayed Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam an emotion that is natural. You can't stop that emotion. You cry, you lose your you lose your child, you cry. So he cried and he cried until his beard was wet and, and his tears were going on to Qasim. And he said, We weep and we cry and we are very sad at your loss. But we never ever are frustrated or uncomfortable is the best way I, I could probably uh, translate it. We are never displeased or frustrated or in any way uncomfortable with the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's very poignant, you know, with what happened. You, you know, I, 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 I could have tried to draw comfort in other ways, but you know, the Prophet wasallam, you know, he cried and wept. But, but, but he said that, you know, this is something I can't stop myself from feeling the way I feel. But I know Allah did this for good reason. And B, you know, when we were, you know, with Zubi's khutbah on the day of his janazah, and obviously, <coughs> I know myself and many others were giving, sending you hadith and sending you statements of the Prophet Sallam, and you know, glad tidings of uh, Akif being in a better place, inshallah, being of the children of Jannah, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and, and inshallah will be someone who will intercede for you as well, who, who you know could be your ticket to paradise as well, inshallah. Did you ever at time, like like when he passed away to his janazah, to his burial, did you ever feel that all these things that are being told to me about, oh, you know, he's going to be of the children of paradise, inshallah, he'll be intercession for me, all the, you know, all these kind of good, you know, this happened to the Prophet Sallallahu this happened to other prophets, all these things. Yeah. Did you ever feel that that's that 
I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Mm. Or did you or did you actually did, did these reminders help? No, they helped a lot. These yeah? these these reminders really played a big role, you know, in my life. They they helped me get through this this time, you know. Especially, you know, thinking about how your your child is going to be waiting there uh for you and uh how they're going to uh you know uh, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you know their parents to come into jannah inshallah you know um and then this is what inspired me to work towards jannah mm-hmm. you know i want to see my child again mm. and this is this was this played a big big role you know? I, i would and and so obviously now moving on to the next phase and that is obviously you turning to the deen yeah. right and i remember when we when i was spent time with you on the day we buried him the days after i you know we spoke about it and we said that look babs arkif's going to be inshallah your ticket to paradise mm-hmm. for you for your wife uh and and you know so worked towards that and from what i recall your fix up process was pretty much immediate yeah right yeah. um why didn't you think to yourself or why didn't you think to yourself okay fine my son's passed away i'm mourning inshallah he is of the children of paradise inshallah mm-hmm. and he he will be or could be my ticket to paradise well let me deal with my lifestyle mm-hmm. or let me deal with certain habits in a gradual way mm. bit by bit i'll pray one or two salah or i might cut down on doing x y and z why did you opt for an overnight change than a gradual change well basically you know uh, as i said before you know the thing that stuck into my head was i need to work my way towards uh you know seeing my child again inshallah so i thought you know i'm not going to be waiting around for me to slowly fix up and slowly fixing up means that okay there's there's a chance of me uh not fixing up. not fixing up and drifting away yeah so it was just it hit me so hard that you know i just had enough and it's not like that i was living my life not thinking about change i was always thinking about change True. you know and uh this was my opportunity this was it this is it this was that sign that that hit me straight and said look what more do you want to happen mm. you know what what you, what's next mm. when are you going to change when are you going to turn back to allah so i thought you know what this is it this is this is just a sign for me this is a reminder for me you know stop stop whatever you're doing and turn back to allah and you know did you struggle with giving up or overcoming certain habits did you did well, you well um without going into details yeah at first obviously <laughs> uh, you know it, it was a bit of a struggle but then you just think of your son you think you know what and you think of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how he's he's he has basically uh put you through this test and he wants to see how you do you know there's many people who who go through these uh you know tests and 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 they don't come out you know to be uh, successful you know they they they, they don't change mm-hmm. you know and uh, obviously it was it's a test for a reason you know mm. so i'll put through this test to see you know how i do and you know there's many people that say that 
people say that this could have been a punishment for you. And uh, there's people who say, no, this is a blessing in disguise. And there's two ways that people say that, you know what? Okay, how, how do you know if it was? If you know that you have become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this, mm. then yes, it's a blessing in disguise. Mm. You know, so I see it as that, you know. Do you, and, and so I, I know it's sometimes so difficult to utter these words, right? Yeah. To say that the passing of my baby son was a blessing in disguise. Like to utter those words. Yeah. You know, if, if a non-Muslim had that, mm. yeah, or a non-Muslim who has no kind of a moral compass yeah. or an understanding of the divine, mm-hmm. they'll be like, what are these not talking about? Yeah. The loss of your baby son being a, a, a blessing in disguise. Unless you're getting a six-figure insurance payout, <laughs> we can't see what kind of blessing that is. Mm. Do you understand that now? Of course I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I understand that. And and so, but but just on the, on the issue of temptations. Yeah. Because shaitan comes to us. Of course. And especially if you were well engrossed Mm -hmm. in a particular lifestyle, in particular habits, how did you overcome those temptations, the physical temptations? Obviously, the spiritual spiritual method is of copy mechanism is, my son's just passed away. I don't want to carry on sinning. I want to meet him in paradise. Uh, so therefore, I'm not going to mess about anymore. Mm-hmm. But how did you deal with like the, f- the 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 physical temptations of maybe wanting to do something which you which you used to do on a daily basis, or something that you used to just do off the regs? Do you, how, or did you just soldier? It was just a, a cold turkey process. Well, at first, yeah, uh, you you know you you try and soldier, but then it's it all comes down to taqwa. Mm. You know, you gotta have that fear of Allah, and you gotta have the you know, uh, knowledge of, you know, just thinking, you know what, I'm going to have to do this for the sake of Allah, mm. no matter what, mm. you understand? I, I don't want to be uh, on the day of judgment, you know, seeing my child there and, you know, my sins are racked up this high. And I, if I carry on doing this, then, you know what I mean? Like I said before, it, these, these uh, if I carried on and I done it gradually, could have took me back to that to course, that way, you know what I mean? Brothers. And it has. We know brothers. Yeah. We know brothers yeah. who said that we're going to cut down on certain things. Or brother, I want to stop this thing. Or brother, you know what? I'm going to stop this. And then they start doing something else. Yeah. We, themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, we know people close to us yeah, that, yeah. that have tried the gradual process of reformation yeah. on, on on lifestyle and habits, and it's never worked. No. It, Without it, mentioning names, but we yeah. know. I can't think of any success story mm-hmm. of brothers who fixed up on the gradual one. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like oh, I'm gonna cut down from ten to fifteen to three to I'm not gonna do it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cut down from ten to fifteen. <laughs> Sorry, that, cut, that's down never gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> cut down from fifteen. Cut down from fifteen to ten. Okay, look. So mm-hmm. salah. Yeah. Right. Salah. The praying your five prayers. Mm-hmm. Right. How did that help? Of course, it helped a lot. You yeah. know, uh, this is uh, so, this is. Basically, you becoming closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, you're, you're, you know, you've you missed so many years of 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 praying, and uh, obviously, salah is 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 a major thing, you know, and it brings you uh, brings you a lot closer, and uh, it helps a lot. Do you reflect on how salah is is a fundamental part of your daily routine? To perhaps, because I think about this a lot now. Yeah. Every other day, I think to myself. Look at how we spent our time before practicing yeah. with no salah, yeah. and now 
Alhamdulillah, Salah plays a major role in how your daily routine plans out. I can tell you from a gym point of view, yeah. mashallah, for our viewers and listeners, yeah. uh, Babs is always pressing me to do gym in certain times so we can make it to Salah in Masjid. And sometimes we, even me as a, as a bad influence to you, I'm like, bro, we can just pray at home or we can pray together. And you're like, nah, bro, I need to pray in the Masjid. Yeah. So that's now prayer being the nucleus of our routine, yeah. right? Do you ever reflect about how you spent time before and how you're spending time now? Yeah, of course. You know, before there was no uh, thinking of Salah. The only thing was uh, Juma. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to make it for Juma. Uh, but um, Alhamdulillah, you know. Do you, feel like, do you feel like a lot of time was wasted? Of course, a lot of time was wasted, 100%. All the uh, times we parked up. Yeah, Alex yeah, Park, yeah, yeah. Embankment, mm -hmm. Padless Court, yeah. all them times. That was just. Uh, you're thinking <laughs> back, yeah. What, what were you doing there? Huh? It was a waste. We can't go into details what we were doing there, but just yeah. a lot of time was wasted. It was, in those waste. Days, it, was, it was a waste of time, you know. But now, alhamdulillah, everything. Uh, time waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my night player. <laughs> Two seconds, Babs. I told you we're not going to go into details in this podcast about the things we should get up to. Why do you ask that for? That's fine. So give you the option, right? Yeah, we were just wasting time in those areas, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, um, now my the Salah plays a big role and, and you plan my day. You know, if I'm going out of town or whatever, I want to travel at certain times just to make sure that, you know what, uh, so I can play my salah comfortably mm -hmm. when, I, when I get there. Because life as a traveller, as a Hanafi, is hard, isn't it? It is hard. <laughs> it, it is. It, it's not. It's not easy. But alhamdulillah, you know, we we can do it. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not uh, that bad. I got a good book at home. You can really make things a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> so look, okay. So alhamdulillah, we saw your transformation. Yeah. And. Uh, your friends, your direct friends, your crew, the brothers are most closest to you. And even we used to have these conversations, remember, when I said that Babs has smashed his 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. Like we had a, like a little celebration in oh, yeah. that garden. Do you remember we chilled oh, out? Oh, yeah. Our friend Sumbul from Turkey was down as well. Yeah. And then just seeing your transformation had a massive impact on your friends. These are things that I've never told you, by the way. These oh. are things I'm telling you now. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to tell you too much so you don't think you're too, too sick either, yeah? Of course. <laughs> But I think a lot of the brothers who are already kind of practicing within our within our friends group, we were thinking, Rah, Babs is really excelling. To the extent we're like, Rah, were we even fully practicing? Babs is really showing us apart, yeah? Uh, so Alhamdulillah, bro, you even played a positive impact on your friends. Uh, because we, or at least I was worried to some extent that he's not going to be able to cope. He may go back to certain habits and certain lifestyle. It's just easier to do that, isn't it? Of course. It's just easier just to like, okay, to do what you know, to do what you know and to do what everyone else. Could. We know, brother, we have friends and family, mm. brothers who they've had deaths in their families. They cry, they mourn, they go to the graves, they make dua, they give charity and then they just go back to that lifestyle, right? And they just zone out and pretend that, you know, it will never affect them. But mm -hmm. you didn't do that. But we were worried. I was worried mm -hmm. uh, that, you know what, Babs might go back to that. But you didn't. So you had a positive impact even on your in your immediate friends network. Then you went Umrah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. What inspired you to go Umrah quite quite soon after your, your son passed? Well, basically... Um, my wife and me, you know, mainly my wife, actually, she decided that, look, um, we have, uh, well, me mainly have, have changed my life 
radically, you know, and uh, she 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 basically said, "Look, let's let's go to Hajj." She said Hajj first, but then I thought, you know, uh, we'll get to that. We have some other issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, <laughs> look, we're not we're not ready, like meaning financially for this. Yeah, so yeah. you know, uh, let's let's get ready for uh, Umrah, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's it. We decided, you know, the same year we're gonna go on Umrah and uh let's do it and uh how was it alhamdulillah how was making umrah how was seeing the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and 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 going and seeing the kaaba and then masjid al-nabawi and how was that alhamdulillah it was it was amazing experience you know people uh, they always say you know you're gonna you're gonna get there and you're gonna you'll feel that khushua you're gonna feel like whoa um yeah i, I did have that that feeling but um you know when you're uh, you've changed your life already and you you're practicing and you've got that all you know uh, you, you some level of grounding yeah that's right so it, it it was good but i felt as if you know this is a uh, this i'm here for a purpose purpose yeah I've got a certain objective that I need to fulfill yeah because because right. we spoke about that isn't it some people come up from hajj mm. and they say they literally i've heard this so many times we see the kaaba and say Wow, mm. right? But then I spoke to some brothers and they're like, yeah, yeah, it's magnificent. Yeah. But we know that it's always there. We pray towards it. I've come here to fulfill a, f- a fard of my religion. Yeah. Have you seen those differences in reactions as well? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think there's, there's a distinction between uh, people knowing why they're going there and people going there and being like, wow. They see in the Kaaba and it's like, uh, some, like uh, some type of world landmark. Yeah. And they react to it like, people in Betra. Yeah, Betra. The people of Betra were going to see the the, the ruins of the Thamud. But um but I'm not making that comparison what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say obviously that some people they go there and they have this immediate kind of physical, spiritual moment of awe. Mm. And then they come back and then in the same way the balloon blew up, the balloon deflates as well. Mm. It's like and then you know what happens after that? Uh, um, but yeah people who are there, you know, they've been they've they They've invested their time, you know, thinking about why they want to change and how important the deen is, and they've been praying salah and stuff. They know that this is this is a part of my religion. I need to visit this place. What about this one? I asked this question to both of you, but you first, as we, because obviously we've not had the honor and the invitation yet. Inshallah, mm-hmm. Allah will give us that invitation. We the invitation is there. We haven't we haven't responded yet. So, but let me ask you something. How about the one where people come back and but we just want to live there. Even even those Muslims who gun up the Saudi regime and see them as Wahhabites and that we just want to live in Saudi. Mm. Live there, yeah. yeah. But 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 there's this, but there's this assumption, isn't it, that when you go to Umrah or Hajj, I want to just stay there. But I would humbly argue that's They're the same one that gun Makkah. <laughs> yeah, but I've also said, but that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, you're going to be on the Deen, or it's going to be easier for you to be on the Deen when you're there. When you're there, yeah. it's going to be very difficult for you to be a jahil, mm. even though it's not impossible. But it's it's very difficult when you're there in Makkah, in Medina, surrounded by Islam, surrounded by uh, the monuments, the buildings, the history, and all of that. Mm. Yeah, but the reality is that you have to come back. Yeah, and the real struggle is there, isn't it? Well, I think come back to come back to reality. Come, come back to your life, your, your life, life, yeah, your home, yeah, and uh, keeping up. Isn't it easier to practice Islam? Like, like it's it's, it's assumed that it'd be easy to practice Islam. It's like saying, try not practicing Islam when you're doing itikaf in the last ten days of Ramadan. It's mad. Try, try not to. Yeah. Try like I don't know, not fasting. 
It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> did you feel that as well? At any moment in time, did you think, oh man, if I could be here, I'd be, I'd be so and much stronger, man. Yeah, of course, of course. You, you, you're there and everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, we're all going to the masjid. We're all going to pray. No distractions. No distractions. Obviously, we haven't got a, we haven't got a job there. We're not working there. We're not, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're not running around there. But uh, it's what you got to do there. Yeah. You've got to go and pray. And do the ibadah, that's it. Just keep worshipping out. Yeah, you just, you're just praying. And you know, so when you got back from Umrah, not too long after, I remember we were talking about potentially uh, going on some holidays. You know, we were talking about going with fat with our wives and we were going to go on a holiday. Oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. you were like, look, nah, we're thinking about Hajj. Yeah. And at gym, we used to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And then we spoke about what some of the obstacles were <laughs> for going to Hajj. Yeah. Obviously, there was the financial one. Obviously. Yeah. And then obviously, we were speaking about. Have we ever wronged anyone financially? Have we taken anything that's not rightfully ours? Have we harmed anyone physically? Yeah. In basically, what is it? Hukuk al ibad, the rights of the yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. yeah? Have yeah. we transgressed the rights of the people? Mm-hmm. And in your case, there were a couple of cases yeah. where you, you did some shenanigans yeah, back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, and I said to you that, look, Babs, if you can, you need to settle that. Before yeah. you go, or at least have a good intention to settle that. Yeah. Uh, how did you settle one of the ones? Because there's one that was. <laughs> yeah. There was one where mm. you did something mm. that person didn't know. You took something that wasn't yours, and that person has left Bedford. Yeah. yeah. How did you overcome that one? Well, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to uh, think about you know uh, trying to get in contact with someone that you know you've wronged and they don't even know about it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it wasn't easy at all, but you know, one day I just uh, said, "Look, I'm planning on going Hajj, and I'm and I'm definitely I've made Nia. I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. If Allah wills, I'm gonna go. So I thought, look, I have to come. You know, I have to overcome this obstacle. I need to need to get reach out to him somehow. Yeah." First, I was thinking, right, uh, do it anonymously. You know, I said that to you. Yeah, you gave me an option. I said, I said, I said, why don't you, I said, why don't you post something through the brother's letterbox <laughs> and just say, uh, I owe you or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, anonymously, you were saying, look, why don't you contact him anonymously and say, look, I've wronged you in the past and uh, slip something through the letterbox. Yeah, and forgive me and and so on. But you went but, for the you went for the puritanical. Uh, yeah, option, I did. Yeah? I thought, you know what, uh, I have to come clean and I have to come out in the open. So, how did the brother respond when you approached him? Alhamdulillah, he he. <laughs> He took it very well, you know. Uh, he 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 understand, you know. He understands that everyone makes mistakes in life. Did he take the pee that you owed him? Of course not. The brother, <laughs> the brother was actually uh, really down to earth. And, Mashallah, he is. Know, we know who he is. And, and uh, he he understood, you know. He, he knows that people make mistakes, especially when you're younger, because we're talking about years ago yeah. you know and 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 to people who's thinking that oh i was younger and this that and the other that oh, that doesn't really matter no it does yeah, yeah. you know you gotta remember things you gotta try and dig out everything you've done yeah. you know so uh alhamdulillah it went well you oh, know? were there any others of course yeah there were others you know of course we, there were there, but you know what? I can say there were others, but not as many as yours. Okay. <laughs> Why is it now coming? Sorry, that's part two. Would be you sitting there. Yeah, yeah. See how many things you post. Where did that love blog come from, Papa? No, no. We were talking. We were trying to be one. He's posting. He's just posting. No, no. Uh, we're talking Second about myself, but well. you know, you said you know I had a few, but yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe Babs just did that on camera. But anyway, yeah. this guy. 
there was another brother yeah. who, uh, and just for those of you who, again, just to give you an insight into our childhood and what we were like growing up, uh, Babs was single-handedly responsible for many of us getting into lots of fights. Oh, yeah. Because he was known as Baby Babs. He was the shortest, the most child-looking of all the brothers. And he'd get into confrontations and, uh, and, 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 you know, just, just into fights and we'd have to go and settle these things with him involved, of course. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fully involved, but it was always a case. If I, I got to <coughs> expelled from school first time <coughs> because of you. Oh, yeah. Because of oh, Jose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you had some yeah. beef with this Portuguese car called oh, Jose. Yeah, it was something very silly. Yeah, and then we went and sorted him, and then I got permanently expelled from school. They let me back in. And then there was a few other little. Then there was that one, do you remember? Oh, yeah, coming down yeah, the bridge. Yeah, coming down the bridge, those, those junkies. Yeah. yeah. And then, then uh, there's a little thing that happened just around the road there. I had to, have to leave work, and we clotted them. Do you remember? Um. Oh, yeah. In the takeaway. Oh yeah, that's the one I was talking about around down the bridge. Yeah, but there was another one, wasn't it? Mm. One that was more closer to home. Closer to home, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a Muslim. Yes, he was. And he was a local brother. Mm. And you had some confrontation with him. Yeah. Uh, and as I mentioned, you, the, I've used and listened to you to understand that Babs was little Babs. He was he was physically smaller than a lot of us. Uh, so therefore, there was even amongst us a sense of we need to protect little Babs as mm. well. Yeah. Mm. Oh God, then there was the one when me and you were riding bikes in Ramadan once. Right. Them Indian guys, do you remember? He said, get off the get off the bike lane. And then we were stuck on them at the yard in Ramadan, do you remember? Um, me and you were riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, get off the bike, man, get, get onto the bike lane. Oh, do you remember? Yeah, you know, it's coming yeah, back to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Again, it was all you, yeah? So, so, <laughs> oh, so I'm just saying that, but this specific case, yeah. we did something wrong to the brother. Yeah, right. Yeah. And... You know, it was without a shadow of a doubt something very wrong that we did mm. uh, at a time when we weren't on the theme. Mm. And you met him before you went to Hajj as well, didn't you? Of course, yeah. And how was that? Obviously, that must have been awkward. It was awkward. It was awkward to go and. Uh, not only did we wrong him, we wronged yeah. him in his house. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it, it wasn't a nice thing that we did. You know, obviously, we weren't uh, thinking the way we think now. But um, obviously, I went. And, uh, Did you do things like that? Some No, unless you imagine the was, I don't think about that. No, not even imagine the was. I'd never. I'm not. I'm not a violent extremist. I'm not even a non-violent extremist. No, no. So. Uh, How did you approach the brother? Well, obviously, uh, the thing is, I. I, I seen like that because he's from the local uh, local community. You know. I've been seeing him around. We did, and uh, we still do. We still do. Yeah, we've never seen eye to eye after it happened. Um, but we never sought his forgiveness, did we? No, never. And uh, so you know, I decided that you know this is one of the things that are on my list, and I need to do it. So I plucked up the courage, and and I just stopped him one day when I saw him on the street. I thought, this is my opportunity. You know, let me stop him. Before you get, were there any reservations? Was there was there anything telling you that? Oh man, I ain't feeling this. Oh man, do I have to do this? Allow it, bunny. Or things like that. Did that ever pass May, your mind? Those look, kind of obviously, uh, you think to yourself, uh, you did this thing for a reason. Because I was wronged. Yeah, I was wronged. Yeah, you were strangled, bruv. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, so, yeah, go on. Um, I was wronged, so you know what? That doesn't make it right for me to wrong him, but we did anyway. But what happened is that, obviously, yeah, there was some thoughts going through my head thinking, do you know what? Uh... Do I have to? And it's kind of settled. Tip for yeah, tat. Yeah, tip for tat. Yeah, you know, done, yeah. he wronged me. I wronged him. 
But then, I th- then no, it wasn't equal wrong. It wasn't. No, yeah. you don't. You don't do that. And and at the end of the day, do I want this person to be there on that day? You know, when when the, when the accounts are settled. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't want that at all. So you know, you try your best to settle everything you can in this world. You know. And how was he? Do you know what? Um, he says something funny, didn't he? He did. He took it. Uh, well, he he never took it. Uh, to, as well as the next brother Yeah, but he, he was still okay so, so But he said something funny to okay, him So as soon as I saw him, I was like Listen my brother, I'm sorry for what happened And he goes, before you go any further Can I just ask you, have you gone all religious now? <laughs> I looked at him and I thought <laughs> Yeah, I have Yeah, I have, you're right, yeah You know, I've, I've changed, my mindset's changed You know what, and I'm, and I'm saying I'm sorry Then he, he's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah And then uh, Did he forgive you? Yeah, he said, you know what Uh you are, uh, it's okay, and you're forgiven. Uh, then he started going on like, you know, uh, uh, it's up to Allah and things like that. But at the end of it, he said it's okay. And when I see him now, I give him salam, and he's okay about Alhamdulillah. it. Alhamdulillah. So, you know. May Allah accept everything from you, my brother, and all those brothers and, and people that you may have wronged, if they've forgiven you, may Allah accept their forgiveness and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So you went off to Hajj. Yeah. So you are actually Haji Imraz Akhtar. I am. And... Uh, so alhamdulillah, you know, your maqam is indeed increased. Uh, you've got the title of a haji now, yeah? Mm-hmm. How was hajj different to umrah? Well, umrah is uh, it's just one of those, uh, it's basically nothing, com- it's, it's, it's nothing compared to hajj, meaning the struggle. Umrah was a struggle for me a little bit because I'm not used to this, you know, heat, walking, yeah. uh, up and down, uh, hard floor, things like that, you know. Um, but uh, Hajj Hajj was uh, You know uh, A bigger struggle But uh, Did you fight did you, did you struggle with it? A little bit You know When people talk And they say Oh Hajj is gonna be hard You know uh, You know The way they talk Like You know You've got so much Walking to do And I thought to myself Wow You know I struggled a little bit You know Especially being, you don't do any cardio Yeah yeah either. that's right <laughs> No cardio So yeah I, I was bound to struggle a bit But it, it was mainly just like uh, Blisters on the feet And stuff like that And so, sore feet And toilets Perhaps they debunked it yeah Yeah Hard just hard yeah No it's not no, But you said toilets You struggle with toilet, toilets Obviously uh, When you When you gotta wait In them queues For <laughs> For the toilets And obviously the the hygiene level and stuff like that, yeah, you know, it's not something that we're used to, you know. Yeah. But the actual ritual, the actual days of Hajj, mm-hmm. uh, did you feel that you 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 are truly fulfilling a, a major obligation of your religion? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the day of Arafah, Alhamdulillah, it rained, you know, um, and that's not something that happens very often, you know. Yeah, my mom and dad and 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 a few other who judge, they said. It's never rained like this. Never, no. And especially just on the Arafah area, you know what I mean? Mm. So, uh, again, this is like a, a sign from above to say that, you know, you guys are, you know, I've got someone, some people say, oh, there's a lot of special people out there that year, you know. As you said, how many scholars were out there? Loads of scholars from the UK yeah. went out there. Yeah. And they were saying that we have been to Hajj many times, but we've never seen rain like this in Arafah, ever. Mm-hmm. We're talking about scholars that have been there 15, 20 times. Yeah. And said so we've never seen uh, rain like this, and that this was a blessing. Yeah. Uh, at a time of soaring heat. 
So yeah, it felt very special. You know, I'm here for this, mm. and you know, um, I'm a part of this. And on my Hajj, this is what happened. So you know, uh, yeah, I felt very. Upon completion, did you feel liberated? Did you feel like you know, alhamdulillah, it's a major thing? Yeah, has yeah, been of done. course, is one of the pillars, and uh, it felt. Any financial regrets? Because I know that you saved up hard. You yeah, we hard. saved up hard and financially. Obviously, look at the end of the day. If you've got the means, and you know you should go, especially go when you go when you've got the uh, the strength and the energy to go. You know, so you know many people they they tend to go and uh, older age, 50, 60, 70. Yeah, and they think you know what we'll go. Uh, you know, we've still Once got everyone's married off. Yeah, and, so, um, and this and that, and then we'll have a grand, grand Yeah, brother. and then we'll go. So let me ask you for if you could give some advice to young Muslims, eighteen to thirty-five, eighteen to forty-year-olds. Who want to go Hajj? They have an idea in their mind. They they want to do Hajj, but like everyone else, especially most Asians, Bengalis, Pakistanis, Indians, they they we, we think we're gonna end up going at 50, 60, 70. If you could give some advice to young Muslims mm. who want to go Hajj but want to, will end up delaying it. What would you say to them? Okay, I would say to them that look, if you're financially ready, the, it's best for you to go as soon as you can. Because you're going to, uh, you know, thinking you're thinking that okay, uh, I'm gonna wait another year or two, or let's just give it a little bit of time. Uh, I've got things to clear this and that, but no, because you don't know what's around the corner. Anything can happen. You know, you're physically ready now. You're you're capable of going. You should go because you don't know what's around the corner. Hey, Zakhlaher, bro. Look, most of this podcast has been about your journey to Islam or, or becoming uh, more practicing and your struggles and your experiences. I want to just take this aspect of this part of the podcast to ask about how did you deal with your wife mourning as well? So, mm -hmm. so, so as a husband mm -hmm. who was also mourning, as a father who was also mourning, uh, also at the same time turning to the deen, how was it? So being there for your wife like there must have been challenges there as well and difficulties there as well because yeah. a mother mourning is sometimes completely different to a father mourning this yeah. is a child that she gave birth to and yeah, she yeah. she looked after and, and and it was a part of her so yeah. tell me a bit about yeah i mean it, like you said you said uh, a mother mourning is sometimes more than a father well it, it's a hundred times more it, it, it's not sometimes it is more because the mother has a different bond with the child. You know, like you said, she's given birth. She's had the child for nine it's months. Part of yeah, that's right. And it was hard, you know, because, uh, yeah, I, I was broken, but she was broken a lot more. Do you understand? Uh, and it took uh, her a lot longer to come to terms with this than me. Um, obviously, you got to support her as much as you can, you know, you got to be there and you got to give comforting words, you know, such as, uh, you know, intercession of the child and how, how, how our beloved uh, prophets had uh, been through this same situation mm. and how, um, you know, the, the, we are just being put through this test, you know, mm. these kind of words, these, you know, um, did those reminders help your wife as well? Of course, well? they helped. The same reminders that were given to you. Same reminders given to me. You know, 
I would I would say to her the same thing because they helped me a lot. Mm. So obviously they did help her as well. But it um, took her longer too. It took her longer. Yeah, it took her a lot longer because uh, obviously, like I said, a mother's bond with a child is is, is something else. And, and did you feel that as your wife was mourning as well? Mm-hmm. Did you feel that? So, so you said yourself that obviously it took her longer to kind of eventually get over the mourning period. Mm-hmm. So, if you, if your mourning period, look, look, I, I, don't, I also don't want to break it down systematically. Like, oh, this was the period we stopped mourning and we got on with life, mm-hmm. bro. I appreciate that, Akif, and we speak about him. He's in your thoughts every day. I know this, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of a period where you kind of realize that, look, he's gone. We need to move on. We need to make preparations for other things that we want to fulfill in life. Yeah. Did you come to that realization before she did? Yeah, I did. So, so from that, so that difference, so that period where yeah. you had kind of acknowledged, accepted, realized, moved on from a mourning point of view, but she was still there. Was it difficult? Yeah, it was difficult because um, obviously she still. She's still like thinking of it and crying. And stuff. She, yeah, crying. You know, she there would be nights where you know she'd cry all night and she'd cry a lot more. And obviously, it felt as if like you know what? Now I realize that the mother's bond is more because look how I, I've I'm, I'm a lot stronger. You know, I've I've overcome this uh, test. Uh, meaning because it changed me. You know, mm. uh, obviously. She was practicing already, you know, and it was more of a test for me, let's just say, you know, uh, the way I seen it. And uh, so I, I saw it as, uh, you know, when I when I thought about all the things that had been said from, you know, friends and even even videos watching on YouTube from all the scholars and, and things like that, they helped me a lot to, you know, get hold of myself, yeah. to grip, grip hold of myself and... Obviously, with her, it, it was took a lot longer. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> I know this is a crazy question I'm about to ask you, bro. Because, again, for non-Muslims, if you were to ask these things, it would be difficult for them to comprehend it. You know how you said the death of Akif was, uh, it was a blessing in disguise in terms of you fixing up and mm-hmm. you turning to the deen. Would you say him passing made your marriage stronger? Um... You could say so, yeah, because obviously, if you're not on the dean, your marriage is not really going to be as strong as it will be if you are on the dean. Yeah, of course. In the absence of dean, yeah, you may think your marriage is strong. Yeah, but the, if the dean isn't the bond, then yeah. then it is somewhat spiritually weak, at least. Of yeah? course. Yeah. So from that point of view, it made it stronger. Of course, yes, it did. Yeah, Zui, let me just ask you something, B. Yeah. Um, mashallah. Congratulations, you know, you've just become a father as well. Uh, Abu Umara. Mm-hmm. Um, how, bro, would you, how would you think? How, you know, you lived, we lived through what happened with Babs. We were there. How would you even imagine it? Mm-hmm. Like, like, a traumatic, like, would it have a massive impact? I, I would be, I would be distraught. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I don't know. I've become a father recently and all I think about is my daughter. When I'm at work, when I'm commuting, just I just have her face imprinted in my brain and I, and I just can't wait to see her every time. So if, <clears throat> so if that was taken away from me, I would be broken. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll can't put it any different to how Babs has said. I'll be broken, and um, and it'd be interesting actually because interesting in that if I was ever tested with something like that, how would I cope? I don't know. That, that's, that, that's when boys become men. That's when that's when you that's mm. when you show out what kind of your blood is. Look, I I was respect for that. But just No, no, that's my message because it's connected to the Mac. Okay. So you know you said you think about baby Omara like constantly, right? Yeah. So you know in your list of things that you think about, where does the podcast come? Um it's not on the list, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, so yeah, moving on with that chances trail. So I was I was asking one of my colleagues, yeah. Um I'm hurt, but just carry on. Yeah, I'll you get over it. I was asking one of my colleagues, um, and I asked on the low, it's a woman, I spoke to a woman, it's okay. And, um, at work? Yeah, at work, yeah, yeah. It was, it was not work related, so I don't know, I'm being questionable. But, um, but I said, oh, look, I'll go, uh, I'll go so-and-so, I'll go look, I'm going to ask you something, yeah. Obviously, they were very, very excited with, you know, with, with my with baby coming and stuff like that. I look, pulled her aside, and I said, um, I've been having this thought that's been going through my head constantly. I want you to tell me whether I'm losing it or whether it's normal. She said, what's that? I said, I always, I keep thinking that my daughter's going to die. Yeah. Every day. That she's going to die, she's going to die like this, she's going to die like this, she's going to die like this. She's like, that's normal. You are so non-Muslim. Yeah, I was not Muslim. She goes, that's normal. Okay, you sure? She goes, if it happens too much and you start losing sleep, you can't rest, you can't eat, then, then that's not normal and you, sh- and, and you should get support for that. But it's normal to think that, to think about your baby dying in the in sense of like parenting. Okay. Like, is this? Are we doing this right? Are we doing that right? Is she safe? I'm not. I can't see her or him. Um, uh, what, what if this happens? What if they fall? What if they slip downstairs? Is she said it's quite normal when you become a new parent for the first time mm. to be on edge about these things. Um, so, so for it to actually happen, if you ask me again, I can't ask the question, bro. Yeah, it'd be dark. B, bringing the podcast uh, <coughs> close. <coughs> I know that Alhamdulillah. From someone who did not pray mm-hmm. to now leading the mandems in salah, mashallah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alhamdulillah, you know, it's crazy sometimes when we think about it. And Babs is leading us in salah, it's like, wow, this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, it's beautiful, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've been very busy as well. You try to keep yourself busy with certain activities, yeah. you know, learning Arabic, mm-hmm. uh, going on tabliq, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking to certain vicar sessions yeah. and stuff like that. So you're, you're kind of like, now that, now that certain things are established, <laughs> now that certain things are established or are in the process of becoming established, the fundamentals, mm. um, tell me about your exposure with different groups, different jamaas, because Tabliki Jamaat, yeah. you've been on Tabliq. Yeah. Like that is uh, the dawawing of the Diabandi movement, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Uh, the dhikr sessions in our local masjid is yeah. a local Barelvi masjid, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, some of the scholars that I know you listen to online are predominantly yeah. Salafi scholars, right? Yeah. So one would say that you're nicely dabbling with everything, right? Obviously, I know that, you know, well, me and you anyway, we, we're Hanafis in Salah and stuff like this. Yeah. But you're kind of like, you know, you, you, you're just looking into different things at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you make a decision? Mm-hmm. How do you make a decision as to this is right? This is something that doesn't seem right. I'm going to stay away from this. I'm going to be involved in this. I'm going to listen to this. Mm. Because on the way back from gym the other day, you said to me, 
you asked me, bro, what's the difference between Diobandis and Brelvis? Do you remember you asked yeah, me? And, yeah. I asked, and, and then you and you and then the and then like Sufis and Salafis. And I said to you, look, it's Aqidah issues pertaining yeah. to Allah's attributes, yeah, yeah. where Allah is, uh, and and whether you can uh, do istighata um from dead people or alive people and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So right now, where you are in your deen right now, how are you making these decisions? Who to be involved with, who not to be involved with, get involved in this activity and not this activity? Well, basically, you can't, uh, obviously, when you're, when you're just, uh, let's just say, like, uh, kind of new to the, you know, the issues of Akida and everything, you've got to go around and you've got to look at, you know, everyone. You can't just uh, say, right, everyone off. yeah, you can't say, right, this is my group, I'm sticking with them. No, you gotta look and you gotta make your own decisions. You know, obviously. So I, I've been, I've been, you on know, tablik. yeah, I've been on tablik. Okay, that seems good. It's just, it doesn't seem nothing wrong with that. Do you find it spiritually enriching? Do you yeah, it, it was good. It was really good. Um, then obviously I've been to the mehfils, uh, not mehfils, uh, zikr. <laughs> In uh, in the local masjids and stuff. You've not been in any hadukins, have you? Well, I actually went to one of the hadukin places, and okay. uh, probably you should have hollered, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was bijli coming out and everything. Uh, no, I, I, I went there, and you know what? I, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna check everything out. Okay. You know. So you've been to a hadukin session. Yeah, but gonna... I didn't stay for long. Okay. Okay. I'm so glad. things uh, So that is that didn't sit right with No, you. it didn't. So I I I I You allowed that. Yeah. Okay. I got out of there. So the tablik you find spiritual reaching. Yeah. And you went to some mehfils and some dhikr sessions which were which were decent. You went yeah. to obviously some hadukin sessions which weren't right. Yeah. Um but are you kind of just exploring the kind of different activities that are there to to strengthen your deen? Yeah, you know, obviously we want to uh, do what seems right, and mm. and obviously you you can't rule out anyone. You understand? Unless it's like bait. And obviously, yeah, you don't want to just like do one of those ones. Yeah. And how's the Arabic coming along? Arabic, alhamdulillah, it's good. Uh, you know, obviously you want to know what you're reading in the Quran, obviously, yeah. and uh, tajweed, obviously, is is a big thing. You know how how I explained before, like. One little uh, Mis- mistake, could mistake. Change the meaning. yeah, could change the meaning. So M- me and Babs recited to each other the other day. Alhamdulillah. We yeah. sat, That's and even then when I was sat, I was like, I'm sitting here going through Surah Fatiha and Al Baqarah in Babs yeah. in a mosque. <laughs> and if someone said that to me a couple of, five years ago, yeah, I'd be like, Nah, you, you're mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but Alhamdulillah, we did it. It felt quite sick. Yeah, you got to make the effort. You know. That's good, man. It was, I'm being serious. Of course, it was crazy. Like, 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 we were sat there. I don't know about you. I was sat there. I was thinking to myself, I'm sat here with you. Crazy how things change, man. That's it. So, so, but you're still on the, you're still on the journey, yeah? Of course. You're still, you're still shopping around to see who's got what to offer, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm still about, man. I'm still cruising. Cruising around, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Black Friday deals. Yeah, but what I was going to say was, you also, even before practicing or became practicing, you had some exposure to groups like HT and others. Oh, right? yeah. yeah uh, because yeah. Uncle Babs was involved with some activism. Yeah, there. back in the and days. And you had some uncles who were, who'd identify as Salafis yeah, as well. So yeah. you, you've had a fair amount of exposure to all the different groups. That's and, right. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. Babs, before we close the podcast, mm-hmm. is there, can you give some advice, mm-hmm. right, to Muslims who have lost children? 
who have lost brothers, who have lost parents, mm. who have lost husband or wife, who have lost really lo- close loved ones. Mm-hmm. And some advice to them in terms of a cope mechanism and how they how they could potentially overcome this period of mourning and use this opportunity to turn to the deen. Could you mm-hmm. just briefly give some advice? Well, I would like to say that, you know, when you are being, uh, when you put through these kind of tests, it's a test for uh, a reason for you to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously, you're, uh, something wasn't right in your life. You know, you, you, you weren't doing the right things. It's happened for uh, a reason, let's just say. Um, you, for, for, for in my case, for example, my son passed away. He was born on my birthday, which was something special for me. Uh, again, it's like a sign for me, you know. This is your son. He's born on your birthday. Again, we named him. Uh, he was he was named uh, uh, Achil first, and he got ill. Then we thought, no, this this meaning is like uh, it's like a lofty meaning. It was a king or something like that. And then we thought, no, we change his name. Change his name to Akif. Akif was the meaning. Uh, um, is it derivative? Is linked to the word like the word itikaf. That's right. Has like Akif in it. In it, uh, yes. yeah. So it was it was one of those one who. Who worships? Who who sits in the masjid? And again, uh, like I was saying to you earlier, you know, it was a sign for me. And how crazy it was that uh, his name is that meaning of etikaf and ten days. And, and, and he passed away in the last. And he 10 passed days. away on them last ten days. You know, in Ramadan. Uh, it's just one of those things. You know, it's just crazy. But anyway, getting back to what you said. So that there was a sign for me to think. Wake up. What are you doing? You know, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you many signs to people. You know, earlier on in my life, uh, I had a car accident. You know, it was a close to death car accident, mm. but I didn't change. You know, shrugged it off, just carried on in my life again. Mm. You know, these kind of things, these signs happen for a reason. Mm. You're not doing something right in your life. You know, mm. you haven't got that connection. You got to remember about uh, life. Here is just a test, and you're not here for long. You know, we we're here for. You know, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the average lifespan is what sixty to seventy years. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're we're halfway through. You understand? Uh, we don't know we can go tomorrow. Are you ready? Are you? Do you think you've done enough to take with you? You know, on that day, are you going to be thinking? You know what? I've I've got enough there, mate. You know what I mean? But no, no one's really ready. You know, you yeah. you know that. What I've been doing is a lot worse. You know, I haven't been doing enough good deeds. Yeah, especially if you're not praying. You know, you haven't been fulfilling your the 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 five pillars. You know, mm. understand? You haven't been doing the right things. So I, these things happen for a reason. You need to wake up and 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 see. You know, why has this happened to me? What was I doing wrong? You know, I wasn't on the right path, was I? So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala puts those who he loves through these tests mm. just to bring him bring you closer back to him. You know mm. what I mean? He only wants you he only wants good for you, you know? As it says Allah subhanahu wa is you know, does not want to punish you. Mm. You know? So uh, always look into the deen and obviously when you when you someone passes away in your family, you know, i.e. Uh, children, parents or whatever, when they go to the other side, you know, inshallah they make it to Jannah. But don't you also want to meet them there? Mm-hmm. You know, you should. Oh, these these kind of things are the things that you should think of. You know, 
I want to go and I want to see my relatives, you know, mm. in Jannah. We want to be living together there. Mm. So uh, I always say, you know, make sure you can try and secure your Jannah, you know. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what time it is. Yeah. You know, uh, with all our guests, yeah. we we offer them yeah. uh, barn yeah. or a thumb wall. Uh, or an arm wrestle yeah. You don't have the liberty of those two choices Why not? I can't see no pawn here no, We don't have no pawn here First and foremost This is, because a, this is a stitch up No it's not a stitch up Because Babs has tried pawn before That's the first thing He's yeah. tried pawn before Number two You have You tried at my house yeah. Secondly We can't have a thumb wall like, How are you going to live with yourself That means you'll be a gym partner Do you want to do a thumb wall with me? What kind of bagarity is that bro? Why not? Because we can't It's nonsense So we're going to have an arm wrestle Oh, you're wearing pink camouflage socks. Why are you not going to do a thumb wall? No, we did, Friday's usually our arms day. I know Bass must have done some arms workout secretly. Oh, stop uh, <laughs> Brother, I haven't been to the... Do you know I've been in? Okay, so should we just get this arm wrestle out of the way, bruv? If you want to do it, let's do it. Okay, yeah. fine. I'm challenging you to an arm wrestle. Are you saying no to me? No, I'm not. Okay, then let's do it then. Let's uh, yeah. do the count, Lambi. You happy with your grip, yeah? Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. You happy? Three, two, one... Doing, you're trying to reserve your energy. I'm not trying anymore. You're gonna have to go for it. <laughs> you're gonna have to go for it. This is brilliant. This is gonna be a sick podcast you're have to for two hours long now. Yes, baby, watch it, watch it. Close. <laughs> Gone. Is what? it tight then? Listen, watch the shoulders, yeah? Watch the shoulders. Um, <laughs> that was sick. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> enjoyed that. Brothers and sisters, and that's it all for today's podcast. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners uh, from North America, Subscribe to the Mad Mum Looks. For those of you who don't like watching YouTube videos, you can find us on all the podcast platforms Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, all on the Mad Mum Looks. For UK and beyond, subscribe to the Five Pillars channel. And that is all for today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa alaikum, brothers and sisters. Until next time. Burma's podcast of Five Pillars of Mad Monolith Production.